Hello and welcome to another episode of the Speculation Podcast. Uh, this is Pastor Kelly coming to you again. Hope you guys have enjoyed the last couple episodes that we've done, especially our last one with my beautiful wife, Amy, on mutual submission. And uh, tonight I actually have another special guest, my big little brother, Kyle Van Arsdal, who is a pastor in Colorado of the Molina Baptist Church. And uh, we're going to be speaking on pastoral counseling. And so I thought I first I do is uh, introduce my my big brother, uh, Kyle. What do you wanna do? You wanna say anything to the uh, my listeners here? Oh, Kelly, I'm just glad to to be on the podcast with you. You know, talk about a an important subject I think for the church. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree, and uh, I'm excited that you were able to to join on. Um, Kyle has a background in pastoral counseling. He got his Master's of Divinity from Denver Seminary. And uh, so we're a divided house with me at Liberty and my brother and actually my father both went to Denver Seminary. Um, But his emphasis is in uh, pastoral counseling. And so I think what we'll do is just start off with him giving an overview of of what or how he became, he kind of chose that emphasis, and we'll go from there. So, Kyle, do you want to give us an overview of why you chose that emphasis in particular? Yeah, I'd have to go probably back to undergrad. I was at Utah State University, and kind of having more of an exit interview with uh, one of the academic counselors in the history department. You know, I was a history major and a philosophy minor, and I thought... Those are probably the two uh, crucial uh, disciplines for preparing me for seminary. But here I am talking to a history professor who's you know very accomplished in the field of history. He was questioning me about what I was going to do with my degree, and I told him I'm going to go to Denver Seminary. I'm a um, you know Lord willing be a pastor. And he kind of questioned me about you know, my background and my, my training and preparation for that. He said, you know, well, how much psychology have you had? And I had to confess to him that I hadn't had any psychology. I mean, it was a a subject I, I really wasn't super interested in. Um, and I didn't know how it, uh, it would apply to, to pastoring, but he, you know, kind of just had this really, uh, stark, illustration or example he said you know what if somebody comes into your office and you know they're they're totally schizophrenic and you know describing their problems to you and you don't you wouldn't even have a a clue with a history and a philosophy background uh what to do with that person and i thought he made a really good point and so when i went to the denver seminary they had several different emphases that you could declare and little tracks that you could pick and I thought well what I'm going to do is I'll pick pastoral counseling so that I can make sure I cover this weakness in my background learn a little bit about you know the human mind the human heart how it works and and uh, in order to do that I had to take a remedial preparation class I had to read a, a psychology textbook and, and take a little test just to get into the program Ended up doing that the summer before I started seminary, but it really has um, been a rewarding uh, choice, I think, to, to make sure that I had some background in um, the psychological uh, sciences. That's great. Yeah, and and how have you seen that background really reveal itself in your, was it 13 years that you've been at Molina Baptist? Yeah, we, 
we came in June of 2006, so um, it's been 13 years and a few months. But, yeah. um, you know, I, you, you definitely, as a pastor, maybe, you know, even as a mentor or uh, a Christian who, who serves other people, you're going to have lots of opportunities um, to use a psychological background. Um, you know, typically you, you think about a pastor and they, you think about them doing premarital and marital counseling. And, you know, that's an important part of it. But, you know, all of discipleship is, is dealing with the, the human heart and the human mind and, uh, you know, feelings and emotions and relationships. And that's, that's all a, a big component of, of counseling and psychology. And so, you know, you'll, you'll do it formally uh, before two people get married and you're preparing them for, for the challenges that they, they face and the wonderful opportunities. But, you know, you do it on the go with people in your church all the time when you're, you're discipling and mentoring and listening and, and offering uh, suggestions for, for them to try to, to get through some obstacles that are in their lives. So, you know, it's really ubiquitous. Uh, and in the work of the church, because you know psychology is dealing with uh, the innermost pieces of people, and and so you really do have you touch on it all the time. Yeah, so you you really see, and I, I would agree with this that pastoral counseling is helping to fulfill the great commission that that Jesus Christ gives us in Matthew twenty eight, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, I I've actually just I'm in the towards the end of a, a new series um, that I can, that we're doing, and it's called The New Heart. You know, it, it deals with the scriptural idea of heart isn't just uh, feelings. I mean, uh, that's, that's a piece of it, but the heart in scripture refers not just to how we feel, but how we think, hmm. and not just how we feel or think, but our actual desires and our will, you know, if you, if you set your heart on something, um, you know, it directs your whole life. And, you know, the, the idea in scripture of, of dealing with, uh, this new heart that Christ gives us is, it's such a huge part of, of what it means to follow Jesus, to be the new creature. And, and so, you know, that's what counseling, that's what psychology is, is addressing is this idea of mind and heart kind of melded together and, in scripture, they weren't really that separated. Yeah. It was all within the heart. Yeah, and if I remember right, I mean, the heart is spoken of at least, I would say, close to a thousand times. I think that's the last time I did a word study on it. <laughs> and so you could say that when, when God speaks, he wants all of your heart. He's really going after everything that you mentioned, desires, um, the wants, the, the mo- emotions, the passions. And a lot of that could come down to all if you narrowed it down or drilled down into it, really that's the heart of discipleship then is what God is wanting to do between two people who are in counseling together. Would you agree with that or what are your thoughts? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean you said the Great Commission, you know, go into all the world and make disciples teaching them to obey and you know, it's it's not, you know, forcing obedience on people. You're teaching them to, to want to obey and you know that's that's a huge heart issue you know mm-hmm. but you have to to be a whole new creature and I think you know part of what pastors do part of what Christians do if they're fulfilling the Great Commission is addressing the the heart and the mind um, 
extensively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And so what would you say to somebody who who maybe doesn't see the benefit in being discipled? Let's say they're a rather new believer and maybe they've been hurt by you know church leadership or something in the past or whatever. How would you go about talking to that person about the importance of, of discipleship? Well, you know, that maybe that, that's a challenge. I think, um, you know, you could tell them about all the benefits of discipleship and what spiritual maturity can bring, um, you know, the, the, the love and the peace that comes in a personal relationship with Christ that is growing. I mean, that's, that's one of the most exciting things. But, you know, taking somebody who, who doesn't know that they need that yet, um, I think part of, of my approach might be to, you know, offer it and make sure that they're aware that it's always there and then kind of see how God um, works in their life because God's going to bring things into to people's lives that's, that's going to challenge them, that's going to break them, that's going to cause crises. And, um, you know, that's, that's the time when people really come into, you know, an, an opportunity to grow in their faith. Um, you know, I've kind of heard the, the saying that, you know, adults, and that's, you know, mostly who we're talking about in discipleship maybe is, is adults and adults only learn if they have to, Mm. they have to be forced into a, a situation that says, I don't have the skills to, to deal with this. Um, and then they go and they seek answers. You know, they, they go to podcasts and YouTube and uh, the Googler, and they, mm-hmm. they try to find answers to their problems. Um, but hopefully, you know, have established a relationship with people. You've opened the door to, uh, you know, this really spectacular life that Jesus offers us. And, and that when life challenges them, because it will, that they'll come to you and, and seek the answers that you are offering in the first place. But I, I really don't think you can, you know, f- force discipleship on people as much as, you know, invite them into it to, to join you, to join a community that's moving in that direction. And, you know, just that's a real exciting, uh, attractive um, thing that, that God has given us in the movement of the church that we're in right now. Yeah, and it, it seems to really imitate Christ's ministry, too. He was never one who was trying to force people. If anything, he was weeding people out by the things that he did and the things that he had said. And I think the, the call to discipleship, like you're saying, is just an invitation to follow him. And uh, it's an, it's your opportunity to to follow in his footsteps and, and really fall in love with him and, and what he has to say. And like what you were saying again before the, that being that new creation with the changed heart. And I think that that kind of comes down to what discipleship is, right? Yeah. I mean, Jesus is the example for discipleship. And, you know, I think he knew the human heart. He knew the human mind. He was the author of these things. He, he knew how sin worked and he just opened the door he told them compelling stories he he loved them and i think that's that's what we do uh, you know for sure at the beginning stages of discipleship there's there's gonna be times when you know jesus really challenged mm-hmm. those that were closest to him um, and i think that's what we do as well but you know there's a time and there's a place for that yeah and, and 
the community that he built. It seems that, that at least in, in our culture here in Utah, we we have a very, it's a unique culture in the sense that the people who are, are maybe leaving, you know, mainstream, you know, mainstream religion here, LDS church, are struggling to find community. And I think a lot of my listeners would probably fit into that that area where they have just maybe lost their their, their last community or the most recent community and, and maybe looking for a new one. So, you know, kind of focusing in on what you were talking about with discipleship among community, what would be your your advice for somebody like that who, who has just left a really tight community and is maybe looking and hoping to find a new community? What kind of things would you tell them? Oh, that, you know, that's... You know, in some ways, that's pretty heartbreaking. You, you know, you could think about what people do leave because of Christ's call on their lives. You know, that's why it's so much worthy of rejoice mm-hmm. to think that, you know, to follow Jesus' words when he says, if you love your father and you love your mother and you love your, your family more than me, then you're not worthy of me. Yeah. And to, to actually take that seriously and say, I'm going to leave this community because I believe in, in the Jesus that is calling to me through a spirit and through, through scripture. That's, that's quite a challenge. And, you know, I, I just commend them and say, you know, you're, you're listening to Jesus. And that's, that's the most important part of discipleship is that personal relationship with Jesus Mm -hmm. to, and to obey and to go where he calls you to go. And, and I would say that there is an authentic, um, community out there um that you need to plug yourself into and and that they're they're going to show you grace mm-hmm. they're going to show you love um, unconditionally um and and that's such a better community than than maybe a, a more superficial um get your life together first and then we'll accept you um yeah you know jesus's community is is so much better than any any man-made uh society yeah, and that's that's a good point because you bring up kind of the the challenge from the Christian side too. I mean, we you have new believers who are stepping into really a whole foreign land in their minds. They've just abandoned their only sense of community, maybe even their families to join Jesus and and they must be op- welcomed with open arms and grace. And I think sometimes we can we cannot be so great at that if we are <laughs> if we aren't actually living that that reflection of Christ, um, I can definitely think of, of maybe people who have left and have left their community and and maybe sometimes aren't greeted with that type of mercy and grace. So that's a that's a good reminder that it's it's also on on the shoulders of the the believers to make sure that it's an open open door and receiving of them as well. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the, we need to follow what. Jesus teaches what Paul teaches and, and be that kind of community, you know, when we are, and we, we won't always get it right, but, you know, for the most part, um, you know, there's nothing like the Christian community, the church, the, the family that, that Jesus calls us to. I mean, after we celebrate communion every first Sunday, you know, that's the, you know, we have a cracker and we have grape juice. We kind of, kind of do it the traditional Baptist way, I guess. Um, but at the end of it, we we sing, Blessed be the tie that binds. It's kind of a traditional song. Oh, yeah. we, we gather in, in a circle around the sanctuary. We hold hands and we sing this song. And it's it's one of the richest times of worship 
because you're praising God. You're holding on to your brother and sister. It's all something that God has done. This isn't this isn't something you could have created. This is something that God is in the midst of creating in this this wonderful community. And, you know, I think it it encourages me every every time we do it. Uh, you know, it makes me want to think maybe we need to do something similar yeah. every Sunday as a part of worship because it has such a, a moving expression of of both authentic community and discipleship following Jesus. Yeah, we did. Uh, did you guys always do that, or was that a throwback from our childhood with Dad and in, in communion during in, when we grew up in Moab? I don't. I don't remember doing it in Moab. You know, maybe oh, you that don't. was something that that they did later. But it was something Molina Baptist Church did before me. So oh. it was a a thing I inherited. And to be honest, when we first did it, I thought it was really cheesy. <laughs> like, um, you know, this is going to make visitors uncomfortable. You know, we're making really old people um, kind of <laughs> hurry, and they're they're not really good at hurrying to to get to the outside of the sanctuary to hold hands. Oh. I thought this is just you know kind of an obstacle in worship. But mm-hmm. after we did it for a few months, I just said, man, this is one of the best the best things we could possibly do. And so it really grew on me. Hmm. And we have two services, and and we still do it in our traditional service. And, you know, our, our new contemporary is, is probably not large enough, but we could do something very similar um, to express it. And, you know, with communion then, we we just invite each person up, and, and I tell them this is the, you know, body of Christ broken for you. This is Christ's blood um, shed on the cross for you. And if, in that way, it's really personal because, um, you know, I look them in the eyes, and, and they hear that this is, this is Jesus's a symbol of Jesus's sacrifice, and that's a, another pretty moving expression. It's a little bit different; it doesn't have maybe the sense of community, but it's still a a neat way of of worshiping and and doing regular discipleship. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's neat. Um, well, as we as we kind of wrap up here, uh, I guess you know you have a background in pastoral counseling. I mean, I have an MDiv. We did, we were got some counseling. But I guess as we wrap up here, what would be your your suggestions for people who maybe don't have a, a formal education within counseling or or maybe feel inequipped to disciple? What would be your advice to them? Well, I, I guess it would be a lot of the same advice that that history professor gave to me is, you know, prepare yourself. Um, you know, there's a lot of great resources out there. You know, if you know you're going to be working with a particular demographic, whether it's teenagers or young kids or, uh, you know, single moms or married couples or, or premarital couples, you know, I'd start with, you know, what you need most urgently. Um, but there's a lot of great books and workshops and training that you can go to. Um, you can do it self-study. You can do it with a, a small group. Um you know, there's really no excuse for us not to, as Christians, to be pretty competent in these areas. I mean, the, the resources are just everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think you, you've left us with a lot of, of information to think about, especially how we, we've seen how pastoral counseling is really at the bottom line, just discipleship. And really, it's the call to, to all Christians to do, and that we should always be preparing ourselves for that. And I think of 
First uh, Peter, I think it's three fifteen that says, "Always have an answer for the hope in your life," and I think that that really kind of calls to that. You must always be prepared to have that answer of hope, and and counseling somewhat comes down to that. I think to a to a various level, various degree at least, and uh, I think that we should. That should be a challenge to all of us when, when we're looking at trying to fulfill Matthew 28 and the Great Commission to go and make disciples. And how are we preparing ourselves? How are we preparing ourselves for the demographics, like you said, and reaching the people that we've been called to reach, wherever that is or whoever that looks like? So I, I hope that uh, this challenge has, has been accepted by my listeners. I know this is a little different of an episode tonight where we talked a little bit more about kind of the counseling and pastoral counseling in particular and discipleship but um thanks big little brother for for jumping on with me tonight well yeah and you know maybe i'd add a challenge too mm-hmm. um you know if we don't go over time but um you know that's one aspect of it be prepared to be uh, a disciple or be a mentor be a counselor but i'd also challenge the listeners to to ask themselves where they're getting their counseling. Mm. Um, you know, is there somebody that, that they're uh, close enough to confide in? Because, you know, I think counseling is for everyone. Discipleship is for everyone. So, you know, one of the questions, you know, might be, like, Pastor Kelly, where, who's counseling you? Mm. You know, who's, who's helping you through, you know, the difficult times in your life? Because, you know, I think our marriages are our ministries, our, our spiritual health, you know, really needs a, a community of, of loving people speaking into us as well as us speaking into them. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you said that because I think, yeah, like you said before, a lot of our counseling can come from the YouTubes and the Googles and the, the podcasts where we're missing on that, that person-to-person interaction. Um, so, yeah, I that is a great, yeah, that's a great point, a great challenge, I think, is to, to really find somebody who you can invest in, but also someone who you'll know will invest in you, and uh, that circle of discipleship will continue to grow. Yeah. Well, great. Um, thanks. I, I call him my big little brother because he's 10 years older than me, but I'm about, what, four inches taller than you, so you're my you're my big little brother. <laughs> um but uh, hopefully that doesn't make you never want to come on my podcast again, because uh, I called you up. Um, no, it's it's all right. You'll always be the little little brother I changed his diaper for. <laughs> great, uh, great, great information to share. Um, but yeah, thanks, bro. I love you. Um, and listeners, thank you again for listening. Please share and like this page if if you're interested in following uh, Pastor Kyle's uh, sermon series on hearts. Where can people find that, Kyle? Uh, it's a YouTube channel. We post every Monday. Um, the sermons are uh, on Sunday, and then they go uh, live on Monday. And it's Molina Baptist Church, MBC. And uh, you would have a, a video with audio, and the video just follows the, the PowerPoint slides for like a fill-in-the-blank. I'm still in the, the fill-in-the-blank nice. stage of ministry. So, um, you know, it has nice outlines and, and audio there on youtube so you can check that out okay yeah so you can find a molina baptist church mbc on youtube and then of course you can always find find information about uh, our ministry here in utah through the adventure.church 
Uh, this is Pastor Kelly. I, I pastor the American Fort Campus. So you have a lot of resources out there. You can follow Pastor Kyle's ministry in Colorado if you're near there or out here in Utah or either one or both. So we thank you again for listening and we challenge you again to both be discipled and to go out and make disciples as Jesus Christ has said. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Speculation Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook as well as at www.speculationpodcast.com.